Well, just to set the scene, it is a Sunday. It's the 1st of March. It's 2020. The skies are blue. There was a gentle breeze. It's now become a proper Lynx breeze, and it is testing those who are out in the business end of the tournament here at the Oman Open. And my name is Shane O'Donoghue, and I'm alongside Joel Showholm from Sweden, known as the Swedish Toro. You identify as the Swedish Toro, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, to make a long story short, uh, I don't look like the other Swedes. I don't have blue eyes, I don't have blonde, blonde hair, and uh, I have some kind of temper. So, Toro in Spanish, it means, it means uh, the, the bull. So, not the cow. <laughs> yeah, it's the cow as well, but uh, the, the bull. So, um, yeah, that's me, Swedish Toro. Joel and I are in the outdoors here, and why not? Because the airport is right next to the course. It's almost a feature of this wonderful championship. Um, so you were nicknamed that, but you had a golfing talent. You had something that uh, I suppose people envied and admired in equal measure. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Uh, I've always been told that I have some kind of talent in golf. And I've not really believed in that. I've more be believed in that. I've always enjoyed practice, and practice for me when I was younger was maybe not like the rest of the guys so standing hitting seven irons and working on technique. It was more of you know fixing and tricksing and uh, yeah to hit some backspins and you know kid stuff. Yeah, kid stuff, and um, I, I still like to do that. I really enjoy that kind of practice as well, but. I think over the years that uh, to be able to beat these guys, you, you can't only live on talent. You you have to be focused and you have to be practiced hard enough the, the upcoming weeks to every tournament. So it's a little bit less fun of practice, but uh, it's still still fun, but less fun. So did you have a, a serious belief that you could do something special in the game, that you could actually mix it with you know, the, the elite and make money as a professional golfer? No. <laughs> That's the uh, quick answer on that. Uh, I never believed in such a way. I mean, for me, it was never about making money or to play with the big guys. It was more of uh, trying to test me as good as I could be. And the better I got, the, the higher steps I took. And uh, from, you know, from the amateur world into the college amateur world and from the college amateur world into the challenge tour and from the challenge tour, out the European tour, so I've ne never really believed in things like that. I've always just, it's, it's, it's a strange thing to say, but I always just believed in taking every year for, like, trying to get a focus for each year, and of course it would be a main goal, but I don't think I've ever dared to believe in, in things like that. Okay, so you took logical steps then, and you developed your skills to a point where you could actually legitimately think, okay, I'm ready for the next step. Yeah. I've always been a slow learner. So uh, I thought very early that if I can start taking my steps in, in the right way, try, instead of trying to skip it, and um, we, we will come to that. But that was one of my, my downfalls. That I did try to skip a few things in the end of 2013, and that's when I lost my card out here on the European Tour full-time. And... Um, before that, I was always taking every step, and I, I was trying to do it the slightly more correct way. Even though that, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm not all, always the guy that is mostly doing things correct. Mm. So, um, but I had my my small ladder that I uh, painted up in my home when I was young. That I how I wanted to 
become a professional golfer. And then over the years, that one sh that, that changed a little bit. Mm. Uh, but um, to play with the biggest guys in the world, I've always shied away from because I like to think that I can do it. Uh, it's a dream of mine, more than I believe that I can be that great, great golfer like the biggest, biggest guys. Mm. When you've been down on the challenge store, when you've been struggling with the economy, when you've been struggling to try and basically to fight to play golf, and, uh, uh, it's, it's tough to sit here and trying to tell you that I believe and that I can be one of the, the top guys on the European tour. Um, I think I have to do my own small kind of steps again, trying to get back to basic and just take it from there. And hopefully I... I, I've already seen improvement last year when I sat down after 2018 and uh, did a small little ladder again and I was mm. putting up my, my new goals over the next three years. Great. So so it's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I've been observing you for years now and uh, you're so identifiable because of how you dress. Yeah. How you look, which is a uh, credit to you because you do not want to be like everyone else. Nope. Certainly not in this business. No. And maybe just the commercial interests and sponsors and particular brands, they almost homogenize some players and they all have the same look and they have this scripting and they wear pretty much identical kit. And the only thing that kind of makes them stand out is actually a an identifiable swing of their own. Yeah. Um, but what I've observed as well is a, a guy who has had his struggles, was on the tour, fell off it, and is now desperately trying to get back to where he was, and it's taken quite the road, yeah. which I've observed from a distance. Yeah. And I completely, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, but I'm, I'm fascinated by you. So this is just a wonderful <laughs> opportunity to get the actual <laughs> the word from the horse's mouth, you know, which is, I think, what we're going to we're going to strive to do with this podcast going forward. Yeah. The Challenge Tour, yeah. going back to it, having tasted the European Tour, yeah. how how tough was that? Uh, that's one of the. Um, one of the biggest slaps that you can get as a professional at anything, to be on a level after one year, you're still trying to figure out if you belong. After two years, you're starting to not feel comfortable, but in your own right, you, you're doing okay. And uh, for that third season, I thought that I was gonna have more looks of winning tournaments and start to getting into to a nice rhythm. And, uh, to then completely just fall off it and fall down to the challenge tour. And um, it's tough. It's, uh, it's nothing that I can really wish to my worst enemy. Mm. Uh, especially because, I mean, egos are built out here. And uh, when you get one slap on the, on the ego, that's fine. But when you get a, that kind of hard slap, and because golf is also, the beauty of golf is that it's so raw. That's what makes it so beautiful, I think. It's raw, it's not understanding, but it always gives you some kind of emotion. Mm. It can be a happy emotion, it can be a sad emotion. And I just think that to fall down on the challenge tour was, uh, that was a massive struggle for the first two years. And after three years, I was half done with it. Because mm. money-wise, I was out. Um, I started looking for jobs. Did you, you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at home, I, I have a job now. Home which, is, is, which is what? And I'm, I'm coaching. Yeah. 
coaching uh, a little bit as a mentor, but also as a swing coach. Yeah, more or less for players in Gothenburg that wants to learn more about how to become a better golfer. Yeah. Not to swing it, you know, technically beautiful on Instagram. And I'll be Rory McIlroy. Yeah, it's impossible. And uh, yeah, so I had to take that with me and uh, make sure that I was, you know, making money even though I didn't play on tour anymore. Bills have to be paid. Yeah. Bills have to be paid. There are realities to having a life and having a a loving life with your wife and your kids and being present, which our wives will always remind us of. Any of of us who travel, that is one of the big things. You can be home, but I mean, if you're just away in your head uh, thinking about your job, whether you're a broadcaster or you're a golfer, yeah, you might as well be away because (laughs) you're upsetting the routine. Yes. Yeah, and they have their own kind of life and when we're coming home, yeah, we are trying to be as nice and trying to be as, as understanding as possible, but we all know how it is. After a three-week trip out here, we're all coming home and we are all exhausted. Mm. And, but we're trying to bring energy. And uh, it's not always the easiest, and I'm not going to try to play the victim because I do get the chance to do what I love. So, But uh, that one is also a tough one. And uh, for me, normally, it com- comes down to, again, the, the money situation. Before, I was never ever about money. Anyone that spoke to me knew that I never cared. And that was also when I had money. Mm. And it was also, you know, I had sponsors. I had people taking care of me. And since four years back, I've, I've had one single sponsor. Yeah. And um, people don't understand how much money actually comes in and goes out at the same time. If you're making a lot of money, you're also paying a lot of money. Mm. And if you know, if you make a small money, you're still paying a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So that's the, of course, everyone knows that when they're working as well, they 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 can't travel if they don't have, have the money. So what I decided two years ago was that I was gonna stop playing full time. I was gonna search for jobs. So I at least can be the kind of husband and father that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I succeeded with that, and at the same time signed a new sponsorship. And with that kind of money, it helped me to feel okay of traveling and pursue my dream to come back out here on the European tour. So, um, but again, it, it sounds uh, like we, we're talking about the saddest thing in the world there, but... No, 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 uh, no. these are the real things. Though. Yeah, this is you. I know, I know. We're tapping into the Joel here. Yeah, but it's happening to way too many players out there and people don't understand it. But you know, the other thing is, I think a lot of them cannot admit it to themselves. No. No. And they are living a life of delusion because this is just a brutal profession. If you are not in the right headspace yep. and if you do not have the correct support and you need emotional support and you need, obviously, financial support. Yeah, definitely. Because if you wonder why guys drop off or why guys are just losing the plot and uh, not really um, playing golf the way that they can and should... Yeah. It's because of all of these all of these external factors. Yeah, it normally is. You would see a lot of great golfers that suddenly disappears a little bit, and then they come making a comeback, and they come out for a few years on tour again, and they're normally never the same. Uh, not in the, how they play golf, and not in how the way they act. So, uh, yeah, you're right. It's it is a brutal business, and when you are at the top, it is long ways of looking down. 
and when you are down at the bottom it is long ways of looking back up at the top and that's what people forget we get to see everything on TV we get to see who's winning this week we're going to see a lot of high fives a lot of hugs on 18 green this week and it's going to be around about yeah for ex uh, how do you say that for, if you take away all the guys that miss a cut you will see a lot of like 40 heads with very uh, like yeah, when they um, when they look disappointed because they they have not been close to winning this tournament and that little small negativity feeling can change the whole next week some guys might walk off today actually have played bad yesterday made a cut two days ago and then shoot a minus five today and we'll go into next week in Oman with, with uh, in, um, in Qatar with a great kind of feeling and some guys will come off the green today and same score they're both shooting in total of minus seven and they finish maybe 20th which is quite decent week money wise as well not only competitive competitive way of playing but the mental thing that goes out in here is just ridiculous and it's fun it's fun to, to try and to get better everyone out there is trying to get better it's not easy and um, but it's too much emotions I think sometimes it would be good to have no heart <laughs> there's a little bit of brains and no heart yeah that would be good well they often say you know those who talk honestly about the kind of deep feeling of trying to be your best self in other words like that the brain needs to be engaged to the heart yeah but there needs to be uh, there needs to be a plug into the soul as well because you're just you're not going to be yourself you're not going to be your best self and you're not going to actually uh, deliver on whatever it is is your your essence your your uniqueness yeah, yeah i know i know i but i know i normally like, get too too deep yeah. you seem like that kind of guy yeah and luckily we were talking after the tournament has ended yeah, yeah, yeah. i wouldn't dare talk like this to you no, um, but in advance I, or I, during i never have the the problem of talking when it comes to how how i have felt during the last five years for example I've never have a, I never shy away from that I've been extremely low and mm. you know that I've been down kicked around a little bit and people have been in my face about why I'm not trying and trying trying to get back on on tour but one thing that I've learned over the last 5 years that made me slightly more sane mm. is that I wanted to have a wife I wanted to have kids yeah. and golf has been my side dream the last five years before it was the only thing that was on my mind when I went to sleep when I woke up when I breakfast lunch and dinner it was always about golf or my friends and then I realized during this this last five years that you can have a lot of friends but when you're on the way down that's when you got to know what Who kind of are. what kind of friends you actually have <laughs> and all of the friends back at home that they have all backed me and that's what I like the most. Not as many as I thought from out here that have backed me, but you know, that, that's just the, the way of, of learning, I guess. And it's sad that you have to see it that way sometimes, but I'm okay with it now. I have a lot of great friends at home. I have a lot of still good friends out here. People that come up to me and say that they were so happy to see me in this tournament this week. Mm. I landed, I was- Including myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, and, and, and I really, that warms my heart, my soul, and my extra, yeah. little, extra little tick for this week to play good. And 
I never thought in a million years I was going to get in this week because it looked really, really dark when I landed. And this is the thing that prompted all of this for me was that, hang on a second, I, I was confused because, well, I, I don't dive into the stats and the um, rankings. Yeah. I, it's like I'm more interested in the actual people <laughs> who are around and yeah. who are playing. Yeah. So a couple of months ago, I see you almost win in Leopard Creek, which was won brilliantly yeah. in a Lazarus-like resurrection from Pablo Larrazabal, who was limping through the final round. Genuinely, yeah. his, his feet were just blistered, blistered in such a bad yeah, way. He, he was bad. He was genuinely in pain. Yeah. And um, you took the bull by the horns, the toro by the horns. Yeah. Swedish toro. And it looked like you were going to win it. And I was there, oh my God, happy days. This is amazing. You know, yeah. and that would just leap you back on tour. Yeah. But I thought by finishing second that actually that was going to sort something out for you as well. But here you were struggling to get in this week, which was what prompted our initial chat. And you instantly revealed to me that, no, no, I, I was fifth reserve. Yeah. No, I was fifth reserve when I landed. I, I took a long shot. I, I looked at the, the entry list and I saw that there were a few guys out in Mexico. So I was hoping to see none of them here. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, uh, the winner of Mexico, they hold a spot for him as well, and I was not hoping. To, I was hoping to see him not here as well, and um, so I thought, uh, it, 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 yeah, in the end of the day, it might be a long shot. But I was in Qatar last week and trying to qualify for Qatar Masters as starting yeah. next week, yeah. and uh, I, I failed that once. I thought, I mean, I'm I'm already down here in what I call neighborhoods, and um, yeah. you know, at least I can try to go here if I'm. Top three on, on the reserve list, maybe they can let me practice here so I can spend a week on one of the best courses that I've ever played yeah, on. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, so just be here practicing a little bit and to get some kind of treatment from the guys on tour yeah. uh, with all the equipment. Because out on the challenge tour, we don't get you much. You don't have that. No, so I take every opportunity I get, and uh, this was one of them. And yeah, strange thing happened, and I, I got into the tournament. And when I got into the tournament, I felt like I was so overjoyed of getting into the tournament. So I was probably going to miss this cut because I had a hard time focusing that first round. And the second round, I played decent enough. So I did make a cut. And you made the cut yeah, two under. Yeah, I, I wasn't two under. So that, that was quite nice to just, you know, to be able to play for four days. And But I could feel that after the first day that the golf itself was slowly going downhill for this week. I, I don't think I've ever hit so many golf balls on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday because I was not in the tournament until Wednesday. Mm. And uh, so I was here, even on Sunday, I was here actually. So I had four days of great practice, but when I mean also great practice, it was a lot of practice. So I've tried out every single driver there is mm -hmm. and uh, three woods and <laughs> I was completely beat when I got to Thursday. So exhaustion has kicked in this weekend then? Yeah, I was completely out of it. Yesterday, I, I wanted to cry and quit in the middle of the round because I was so tired and I've slept so bad over the last these last two weeks. So, and it, it is never an excuse, people. Yeah. You, you just understand that it's just the way how I view it. So, and uh, yeah, this is the real you telling the real story. This is what it's all about. Yeah, so I can feel that today. That this, today was going to be tough, and uh, I really struggled today on the greens, unfortunately. So got to my head. Um, what did you finish with? Plus one total for, so uh, plus four today. Yeah, okay. Pity. So, yeah, so it, it was okay. But it does, it prompts the question in my head, in an ideal world, how would you have woken up this morning? 
Uh, well, in, in a perfect world, I would have stayed in, in the Players' Hotel. If we're talking about being here in perfect yeah, of course, world, yeah, all of that, everything. So, in a perfect world for me, I would have woken up this morning in a players' hotel. Um, sadly, I cannot stay there because it was full and it was slightly more expensive than I normally yeah. pay. Yeah. So, I stayed somewhere else, and um, I would probably have gone down to have a proper breakfast, sit down, take it easy, and then go here, have a little small uh, workout session, and then I would have spent an hour at the most. Uh, with uh, including putting and then going go to the first tee box and um, yeah I was close to doing it it just weren't staying in, in the right place I guess yeah, yeah. It's, it's all very interesting though and it all paints a more clear picture and for those of you who might be slightly annoyed with some of the wind interruption here the hell with it. yeah sorry we're on Oman we're in Oman and we are by the coast and we are Reclining, and we'll, I'll, I'll have a post. I will put up a photo of this. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we'll do a video, but we have recorded some video with uh, Joel, which I think you'll find interesting with regard to some of his background, uh, which colours in the picture even even more deeply. Um, but as we finish, and I, I need to ask you this, because aside from the golf, the most important thing you said was what you wanted for yourself as a person was to have a wife, have kids. Yeah. Who is she? And the, the wifey. who are they? <laughs> the wifey, she, uh, yeah. I met her. Uh, when did I meet her? It's, I think I met her in uh, 1999. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I'm 35, so it is 21 years ago. So um, we went when, when we were 14. Uh, she played golf. Uh, that's what she always understood what I'm going through and uh, what I want to do. And was she part of Michael Kinnell's junior group or something? No, no, no. no she grew up in Gothenburg. Okay. And I was out on this island in the summertime. So uh, yeah, I fell in love immediately. Um, yeah. I've always been. Then. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been deeply, deeply in love with this woman. Wow. Oh, at that point, girl. Who? Uh, what's her name? Christina. Christina. Yeah, so we so knew. We you knew, knew what well, you knew then. We knew both of us when we were 16, 17, 18, and that we were going to marry each other. Wow. But, you know, when you're so young, your parents will tell you that we don't know what love is. Your parents would yeah. say that. Yeah. Both Being my parents. Pragmatic. Yeah, but. The, boomers. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they were trying not to, to, to force anything. Yeah. So instead, we, uh, I went to college. Where? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Georgia State, mm -hmm. in America, and uh, we we split up because we were too in love to to keep on fighting. Look at you. Yeah, so we split up for five years. Sure. And uh, that must have been a killer, was it? No, it was no? good because so you, it allowed you to free up and just have a bit yeah, of fun. And I, yeah, because I, I was so madly and to grow up. I was so madly in love with this girl, so. Every time when we start fighting, it felt like my heart was gonna pop up out of my chest. <laughs> so, uh, Joel, you're the man. Yeah. No, so I, I just felt like <laughs> it's, it's better to, to say to no, stay is, completely is. away from all of that yeah. and, and just focus on my on myself and my golf. And that's so what you I, truly it, are a Toro then. Yeah, sometimes. Huh? You are. Sometimes. Yeah. Look at that. That is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, when did you actually then start formalizing things? in a more mature fashion? Well, when I moved home from America in 2008, uh, she started contacting me again, and I told her as much as I could to stay away. 
because I was so afraid of uh, that, that we that we were going to hurt each other for another five years and just do nothing about this. And I was very afraid of feeling like that. Plus, in college, I learned that it was not that difficult to actually find new girlfriends. So uh, yeah. I just thought for a while that if I get back to it's her, like shooting fish in a barrel at those <laughs> colleges. <laughs> Well, if you have an accent in America, it is not not the hardest, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I love your accent. Uh, yeah. Where are you from? Oh, oh where are you from? <laughs> uh, no, so, um, yeah, we got you back. You are so cute. Yeah. Say that again. Say, uh, <laughs> say what is it they say? Potato, potato. Or, oh, yeah, Jesus. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, so 2009, we... We got back together a little bit, and then 2010 she had moved in with me. Nice. And I told her not to, yeah. but she moved in anyways. Yeah, we have always known yeah, that, that it, it was going to be us. When you know, you know. Yeah. And there's nothing like it. No, but we knew, but we were too young to, to, to know, our parents told us. So that, that, that's what we, we put on hold for such a long time, to see other people and to you know, figure out if it was supposed to be us. Because sometimes you're stuck with something that you think you, that is great. And then you realize after five years that, eh, this was not great at all. But, uh, you know, everyone changes in, in the lifetime. And for some reason, me and this girl, Christina, we, we both of us never changed. Mm. And uh, yeah, so we, we got hitched in uh, 2012. We got married. And uh, we had our, our first born daughter in 2015. And What's her name? Millie. Millie. And then the second one came last year on Valentine's Day. Of course. Of course. Love child. <laughs> and uh, that, that, that's little Poppy. So Millie and Poppy. Millie and Poppy. Joel and Christina. Yeah. And Rocco, the king of the house, our dog. All right, okay. Yeah. So that is the team. That is the real team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cause, so he is, is my first child because I never <laughs> had a dog. We always had cats. Yeah. And people don't don't get me wrong here, but I don't like cats. Yeah. I don't hate them at all, but I just don't go well with them. Yeah. Dogs and I, we seem to be you know dumb enough, both of us, and uh, like each other. So some dogs are extremely smart. My dog is really dumb, but he's extremely charming. He's fantastic. I I, I love him to death. So. Cool. Uh, he's, he's he's a cool breed as well. He looks quite tough. What is he? What is he? He's a staffy. Staffy. Yeah. And and where we are living right now, everyone's afraid of him. So. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> right. As this um, plane takes off again, and uh, we're just accepting this as part of the authentic storytelling that is this chat with Joel yeah. Showham. Especially in this kind of tent. Yeah, we're in a tent, and uh, really it's in the outdoors. A, a rubbish kind of tent. And do you know something that is absolutely true? Most people haven't availed of this tent. Hmm. You know, it's just a perfect... Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the people in this region knew how to chill out and, well, obviously protect themselves from the sun. Yeah. But we're in this fantastic tent, and this is where the socialising goes on in this culture. Yeah, but I have to say that this is going to sound a little bit weird, but it looks like a little bit like Moroccan colours, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll um, we'll wrap this up. Yep. And may I say what a pleasure it has been to get to know you this way. Uh, you too. And uh, can I wish you all the best with the challenge of getting everything Back and all together. your ducks in a row yes. in 2020, which is a great year for clarity and just for all of us sorting ourselves out. 
yeah. and just getting some way closer to being our best selves. Correct. Joel Chom, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Shane O on the radio, which is a niche media production. Any and all unauthorized use or broadcast of the material contained herein will be in breach of copyright.